Okay, welcome to the podcast of No Putt Intended, the fantasy football podcast where we give you the knowledge you need to win your office championship. Punt the ball. Yes, punt the ball. That is the name. Not really. <laughs> okay, so today we're going to get started. Um, there's a lot of questions about Todd Gurley this upcoming season with the ongoing knee injuries that nobody seems to know anything about. And the fact that he sat on the bench for the good part of the last few games of the season. I mean, you know, Todd McVay's already came out, or Sean McVay's already come out and said uh, um, that, uh, you know, they're going to do more of a split carry back type situation, um, a lot more, you know, setups where that's the case. And with the drafting of, of Daryl Henderson, I mean, what does that look like to you guys? Well, it's pretty much what you said. He missed all the playoffs, pretty much. C.J. Anderson took the majority of the carries. Um, they never said what, what his knee injury was, which is worrisome. They still haven't. Um, the only injury knowledge we have about him in the past is his ACL tear in college. Um, and, you know, Daryl Henderson's a third-round pick who is a really good Memphis running back who they're going to use. Uh, Todd Gurley's ADP has fallen a lot for a reason. There is cause for concern. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen this year with him. I mean, you know, the injuries are worrisome. It's something that is ongoing in his career. And I mean, from what I can tell, his ADP is, I mean, obviously his ADP is falling because I mean, the guy was like the number one running back. So, I mean, I got him right now going at like the, the Nick Chubb range or, or like the, I don't know, like the Travis Kelsey, Juju Smith-Schuster, David Williams type range. And for me, I mean, I'm not going to take a chance on, on a potentially split back backfield when I can get someone like Nick Chubb or, or even, even that number one tight end in Travis Kelsey. You know? they got him yeah. His ADP is like 15 right now, so he's, he's towards the, some point in the second round, like the third, third or fourth pick in the second round, something like that is where I think he's, he's measured at right now. I feel comfortable taking him in the second round uh, just because if you take his yards from scrimmage last year at about 1,831 yards, he's still at 70% of that. He would still get 1,200 yards from scrimmage. That's still a top 15 back. And taking him at number 15, I feel totally comfortable with that. They paid the man four years, $60 million. They're going to use him. They're going to run him into the ground. Daryl Henderson is an afterthought. I would be thinking more about Malcolm Brown in his two-year extension at $3 million, they're going to use Malcolm Brown as that Todd Gurley if Todd Gurley gets hurt. Daryl Henderson will just be a little scat back. I mean, yeah, they're going to use Todd Gurley, but, I mean, why would they – why are they going to run him into the ground? I mean, for me, yeah, he got a big deal. He's, he's going to be there for at least, at least three more seasons or two more seasons, whatever it is. So he's going to play. But, like, for me, we're talking – like, fantasy-wise, he's not going to be, in my opinion, that – that workhorse that they had in the past I mean you could I mean last year I mean it wasn't like he was in a cast or anything on the sidelines he was just kind of standing on the sideline and nobody really knew what was going on so I mean if that's the case it kind of shows me that they're going to make his load lighter in order to I guess preserve the knee injury so well Ian Rappaport came out with a tweet that I found very interesting that Basically, he's saying Todd Gurley stays as the bell cow over there with the Rams probably are over. Now, as a fantasy perspective, it's very he's, he's a very interesting one to me. See, if you're just doing a one-year league, a one-year NFL.com league, or say whatever, I've got zero problems taking him top five. Zero problems taking him top five. Top five? Top five in a one-year league. Okay, one, who's going for him, Jacob, and who's going after him? Because I would, I would say – 
Kamara, Barkley, Zeke, and I mean all the top guys. DeAndre Hopkins should go before. Yeah, him. he's one of those top guys before that knee injury. He's is the top guy before, before that knee injury. Said before the knee injury. Yeah, that's the key word there, Jake. So, but still, I expect his numbers to drop. But how much? Not okay, much at all next year. His numbers are going to drop. He was the but, number one running back. If his numbers are going to drop, how is he still top five? He had 22 touchdowns last year. He's still going to be top five worthy for NFL.com. But for Dynasty Leagues, I'm kind of more with Tyler. I would sway away from him. Well, now, one year, no, no problem taking him. Leads, I mean, there's a phrase. The fantasy League is not won in the first round, but you can definitely lose it in the first round. Yeah, I mean, look, why take a chance on someone like Todd Gurley? Because there's not much of a chance at all next year. He's still going to get his money. He's still going to get his points. So why am I not taking a Saquon Barkley or Alvin Kamara? Like, why am I not going with Christian McCaffrey? Oh, no, no. Definitely definitely take Barkley and Zeke. Definitely take those guys over him. Yeah, but for one-year league, I'm still taking Gurley over McCaffrey. Still taking him over Bell for one year. You're taking Gurley over McCaffrey? And one-year leagues every day, all day. <laughs> oh, my goodness, Jake. McCaffrey had the most receiving yards out of a running back last year. He was a he was in the top four. Todd Gurley was in that top five range, but still in a one year league, yes, I would take him. But it would definitely be the second round. I'm not taking a risk in the first round. I would rather have a sure thing. There's no okay. risk at all with well, that. Okay, here's here's the deal. Todd Gurley, if he'd played all sixteen games last year, would have been the top running back in fantasy over Barkley. And then it was McCaffrey second. Gurley at third, I believe, at the end of the year standings, but Gurley played 14 games. So, yeah, I see what Jacob means, that Gurley would have had even more production if he played all 16 games and there's not going to be a whole lot of drop-off. I just want to know what the injury is. Well, that's the okay. point, though. Like, that's if the, the injury point. is anything – because did he have surgery? Does anybody know if he had surgery? He had surgery in college, I believe. But, I mean, that's the whole thing. Like, what is the injury? Like I said, last year, if you watched – did you watch any games last year, Jacob? I watched every game. Okay. I watched, it, I watched as many games as I could. C.J. Anderson, those last two games was phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Gurley wasn't even around. Like I don't, I, I just don't see how you can say. You mean, you mean the, you mean the, you mean the man, you mean the man that put up. A, correct me if I'm wrong. Twenty-two touchdowns last year. Oh, the even, last games. He put no, up last, last year alone, he put up twenty-two touchdowns. Now. Now, even with a third down back with Daryl Henderson being over there, do you really expect those touchdown numbers to dramatically decline? No, you do not. You still take them top five in a one-year league. It's dynasty leagues where you got to have look, your areas of concern. Look, C.J. Anderson in the last two games in a PPR league had a 47 total combined points. 47. Early did not. So, I mean, Gurley put up 20 to 30 points a game. What are you talking about? Okay, when the knee injury happened, he wasn't putting up 20 to 30 points a game, Jake. And plus, in yeah. case you guys haven't heard, there's been tweets and rumors and reports coming out that it's arthritis in the knee. Now, I've heard he that has, too. Yeah, if he has arthritis in the knee, it's not a question of if he's going to re-injure it. It's a question of when it's going to flare up. If it's going to flare up week three, it's going to flare up week 13. It's it's not worth the risk to take him in the top five. I would rather have a short thing than take him in the second. And look in the in my person in the mid part of the season, they gotta go play against the Bears, the Baltimore Ravens. I mean his production Dallas Cowboys. 
I didn't mention the Cowboys. Jalen Smith and Leighton Vanderish, man. Okay, I didn't mention those guys for a reason. But, like, they got to play those big boys there in the middle of the season. And, I mean, if it's a longevity issue, if it's something like arthritis, then, I mean, when you got to go to teams like that to play against Khalil Mack, I mean, it, it could get tough and rough for you because I don't – I just don't see him – look, anytime, anytime your coach comes out and says we're going to do a split-back set, usually, especially when you're running back, your star running back is sitting down with injuries – usually means that they're going to lighten the workload. So fantasy repercussions, at very least, he's going to lose some points. I mean, that's yeah, I totally agree with you. Anytime you're going up against people like Jalen and Layton, you're, uh, you're going to get hit. This is the best linebacker duo in the league. Um, I just want to know – well, not so much what I want to know, but here's, here's how I feel about this in fantasy. He has an ADP of what? What did you say? Fifteen? Yeah, he's like fifteen right now. But okay. you know, that's that. See, for, for me, that's the. That's but the, you know. why would you? Why would you even try? If you have a guy who there's rumors about arthritis in the knee, they drafted a third round running back. I mean, you you obviously drafted something in the first round. Okay, you wait till the second round. He's there. Other running backs are there, or number one receivers are there. Yeah. Okay. I don't understand why you would take the risk on I mean, this look, guy if it's arthritis in the knee and those kind of reports are coming A lot out. of the projections are saying that that 15 slot is going to be someone like Nick Chubb or even Damon Williams right there. I mean, and you, you also right around that area, that top part of the second round, you can always get the best tight end in the league. I mean, you can always go with Travis Kelsey. So yeah. why why make a risk on something like that with Todd Gurley when he obviously has injuries where his coaches obviously come out and said, we're going to lighten the workload. I mean, this is not <laughs> – this is not speculation. Coach Sean McVay came out and said, we're going to lighten the workload. We're going to split carries. Like, that's not made up. And, I mean, aside from that, we don't know what's going on with his injury. So, I mean, for me, it's like, why take that chance when you could get someone like – and I guess, you know, someone like Nick Chubb or Dan Williams is a chance as well. But at that point, it's like, I mean, for me, I'm, I'm skipping over. I'm going, if I'm going to draft Todd Gurley, I'm going to draft him towards the end of the second round, personally. So for dynasty leagues, I totally agree with you. For people like one year leagues, I still take him top five over many, many, many guys. I just expect him to have another really, really, really good year on the ground, touchdown wise. That's just my per own personal opinion. But but I, for the long the longevity of his career, I would hold out on my I would give him one more year and then probably call it dumb with him being the an elite back. Hey, Jacob, can I ask you a question? What's that? Did you pick that shirt out yourself? <laughs> I did. I did. I hey, did. I want to ask you a question, TJ. What? What do you think about Melvin Gordon demanding that trade? Look, man, I, I'm, I'm worried about Melvin Gordon. You know, we've seen this already <laughs> with Diva running backs in the league. I mean, it's kind of worrisome because if, if someone like Melvin Gordon is not is not ready by preseason, then you got to really wonder, you know, if you're drafting him, where does he go? Because that's a scary situation because we already saw Le'Veon Bell take a whole year off. I yeah, mean, so yeah. You don't want like, that. It's not like it's out of the realm of possibility for those guys. But, I mean, that's a scary thing, especially if you're thinking about drafting. I mean, yeah, he's a, he's a top back. He really is. But if, if he's holding out and you got to wait and see what happens, I mean, it's kind of like – you're taking a real chance if you take him in the first round, you know? It, sh it should be stated that 99% of all holdouts don't miss more than a game or two. Yeah, I know, but with – I don't know. I have a weird feeling about this this new group of, like, running backs and 
receivers and this new NFL. I just think, I don't know. I'm worried about it. I'm worried about what, you know, that's something we got to wait and see, you know, yeah. I don't know what's going to happen there. I mean, for me, anything can happen. Well, um, this is for everybody. Josh Jacobs, similar situation, threatening to hold out. He signed. He signed. Uh, but yeah, but, but that's a little different because the guy's a rookie. So, I mean, yeah, he's probably. I, gonna I was surprised with how hard he hardball he was playing the Raiders. <laughs> oh man, I know. Well, that I mean, you know, for Josh Jacobs, I mean, fantasy wise, I mean, there's a lot of good things about him. I mean, if you watch him in college, he obviously played at Alabama, so you know he's coming in with a with a mindset, a big school. Um, so for me, statistically, he really had just the one year, and he was not. He was like a a part time starter on that team, and he had a phenomenal season. I mean, obviously, you know, with Alabama, they went pretty far this year. But he had a phenomenal season. And coming into the league, I mean, I guess on the Raiders, he's still got Doug Martin over there. So, I guess Doug Martin could be a bit of a competition for him. But, they, look, they got this guy in the first round. He's he's probably going to be the starter, you know. Now, the question is, what kind of production is he going to get? Um, I, I don't see why he couldn't do very well this year. I don't see why he couldn't be a bit of a breakout even. I mean, I don't know if he'd be considered a breakout. But I can't. I don't see why he couldn't really do some damage this year. I think I like him a lot drafting him. I think he's a pretty good player, I mean, in my opinion. Yeah, my only worry with Josh Jacobs is, like you said, the muscle hamster, Doug Martin. He had 100 – Muscle hamster. That's his, that's his nickname, the muscle hamster. <laughs> but uh, he had 156 attempts last year. Not a lot, but, you know, he's still not uh, a horrible back. He's a pretty good back. I don't think he's going to take any carries away from Josh Jacobs. The real situation is Jalen Richard. He is a pass-catching back. He caught 68 balls last year. I think he's going to – the Raiders want to use Jalen Richard, and uh, I think he's going to cut into Josh Jacobs' three-down uh, territory there. Jacob. How long have you been in love with Jalen Richard, Tyler? Oh, I love him. I pick him up every year. It's a horrible decision. Oh, sorry, is he done? Is he done with that ridiculous thing? Look, Tyler, look, the real issue with the Raiders last year was they had a lot of injuries at the, at the offensive line position. And they had a lot of guys go down. They had a lot of guys come in and out of practice or coming out of play. I mean, this year, I thought they were going to get better on the offensive line. They got Richie Incognito, but now Richie Incognito is on a suspension this year. So, I mean, the real question is, how are they going to block? And if they block well, I mean, I think Josh Jacobs can come into the league and really do some damage. I think he's really talented. I don't think they drafted Josh Jacobs in the first round only to let Jalen Richard start, but I do think there is a little bit of competition, which is fine for a rookie running back. There's a little bit of competition at that running back spot. I mean, but I mean, fantasy projections for this guy could be could be through the roof, honestly. He reminds me a lot of a guy that we've talked about quite a bit. He's on a new team now this year, but he reminds me a lot of Le'Veon Bell. Honestly, I'm not saying. No, let's get corrected. Stand corrected. I'm not saying he's Le'Veon Bell. No. Now that's on now that's on footage. Okay, what do you say? Speak. He can do anything you ask him to do. Block, catch out of the backfield, run. Jalen Richard is not gonna take a pass catches away from him. He's just that good. Josh Jacob is just that good. Well uh, I, I, I expect him to be a middle of the pack running back this year, which is very, very good with the atrocious line, offensive line that the Raiders have. Well, they, 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 I don't know how an atrocious line. Yeah, they have Trent Brown. They have Colton well, Miller. Okay. Richie Incognito. Okay. The, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't add Colton Miller to that list. I, look, I, they don't have an atrocious line. They have a 
decent line. It's less the middle of the pack. But I mean, I it's think better than Minnesota. Yeah, I think Gruden. I mean, I've read a lot of things about what Gruden has to say about Josh Jacobs, and he's he's pretty high on him. He thinks he's going to get a lot of touches, and I mean, I think they're going to be kind of forward focused on football for me for the running game. So I think I think yeah, I think I don't think he's going to be like you know top ten running back. I think he will do very well if you draft him. I mean, a lot of people have him going in like the third round, um, like the, yeah. seventh, the third round. He's kind of like a 31, 31 ADP. They have him. A lot of places have him in the 19 to 21 range for running back rankings. Yeah. That's where his running back ranking is, so, is 19 to 21. So he's, he's probably in the Phil Flinzy area. He's probably no, in that area. No, probably not. But where he's at kind of in the, in the list is, I mean, you well, got guys like – That is the Phil Flinzy area. You got like Carry on Johnson, you got like Amari Cooper, you got like Adam Thielen area. I mean, I don't know, for me, I mean, I'm taking him over most of those guys that I just mentioned. So I mean it's a great pick. I think if he if he ends up doing really well, then you've got a really great pick. And if he does kind of middle of the pack, I mean that's a great little option for you at that third pack. Well, I have an important point. Oh gosh. <laughs> Doug Martin's nickname is not the best nickname in the league. Okay. That's Kenny Galladay with Kenny baby Galladay. Tron. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's a that's a that's a pretty good name if I if I have to say so myself. Uh I, so I, I wanted to ask you guys, with Josh Jacobs, do you think his production will only go up because they added Antonio Brown and Tyrell Williams, or do you think that may take away a little bit of the past dead team and you know Derek Carr isn't the best quarterback? <laughs> so do you think his no. pass gonna you know, be really good, like in the range of Zeke with like 70, 80 catches, or do you think it's going to be more towards like the 40 to 50 catch range? Well, for me, it, it, you know, it can only help to have guys like that on the team. I mean, it's not, especially for a rookie running back, and, and honestly, a running back is not, it's not like he's imperative to the pass game. What's great about having a running back is they're your, your dump-off guy. You know, they're your third, your, your fourth, fifth look. He's your, he's your dump-off guy. When you get pressure out of the pocket, when you have no other options, you just dump the ball off to them. And that's what's great about running backs is if they're open and if they can make moves, obviously a running back can make a move in the open field. So I don't know if Antonio Brown's going to really – if anything, it's going to help him, I think, because it takes a lot of eyes off of you as the young coming in uh, first-round talent, and it puts it more on the pros, you know. So I think it, it can only help, especially especially um, when you've got to watch Antonio Brown catching touchdowns and you can sneak in the run, dive right at the middle, get yourself like 10, 15 yards. Uh, oh, I think Raiders fans would lose their minds if Josh Jacobs puts up a 60-catch, 1,000-yard season. Don't, I'm not even going to mention the touchdowns. That's just good enough. That's good enough. Raiders fans deserve to lose their minds over that um, in a good way. Hey, now, the thing about, about that, though, yeah, I expect them to do very, very well. The, there was one concern – about Josh Jacobs, though, and he was going to do this holdout of training camp before he got his money. Is there any new news, or is he, is he still going to hold out of oh, training he's camp? Signed. He's signed. Okay. He's, I can tell you did a lot of research for this one. Yeah, he's signed. No, no, no. no. I know he's signed, but there's still no news about the hold, about anything like that. You know he's signed, but you're wondering if he's still on a holdout, Jacob? I mean, okay, there's no news. There's okay. no news. There's a lot of news, but anyways, listen, with, with, Alabama – at Alabama, the guy had – his last season had 20 catches for like uh, – you know, he had like – oh, gosh, going to be my stats. You got me all confused now, Jake. He got 20 receptions, 247 yards, and three touchdowns. So, you know, coming to the NFL, you know, nothing really – it's hard to translate things like that from college to pro. But 
at least he has and that's that's like a part-time starter in Alabama so at least he has production at the receiving yards I mean so he can catch the ball obviously he can make moves he's he's actually honestly he's a very well-rounded running back I mean he can block well as well not that that has any fantasy implications but if you're a guy that can do all those things you're gonna get a lot more time on the field I mean he can block well he can run up he can run through the gap in the tie on the tackles I mean he can run the ball well and he's pretty good in the open field he can make some if you watch any of his highlights last year, he made some pretty sweet catches in the open field. Yeah, I mean, he was really good when he was on the field. I mean, he wasn't good enough to take the job, but he was really good when he was on the field. Yeah, I mean, that's true, but it is Alabama. So, I mean, there is always that. You I know, mean, they got yeah. a lot of talent there. Alabama is about half as good as the Raiders. Well, so, so. Are, you thinking, are you thinking he's not going to produce? I mean, what are you thinking then? I don't know. I was yeah. I mean, predicting guys from college to the NFL is is it's hard. Um, it is tough, but I mean, for me, Jacobs it's not... is not my Jacobs is not my rookie of the year candidate. I'll just leave oh. it at that. He's oh, no. not. He's not even close. I I don't think Jacobs is in a great I mean, situation. Um, I think he's. In a I don't think he likes his situ. I don't think he's going to like his situation <laughs> after December when they won four games. Um, and I don't think that – I don't think his production is going to be as good as some other rookies. Yeah, I, no, I, I would, He's not my rookie of the year candidate. No, no, no. He's not the rookie of the year. I'm just saying as far as fantasy goes, he's going to be – look, he's not going to break into top ten points. He's going to be a good guy to have on the roster. I mean, yeah, he's projected in the third round. There's a reason for that. I mean, I'm probably not taking him in the third round. Why would I? But, I mean, if you don't have a second running back, I mean, he's a good option. I mean – He's a, he's a chance to take. I mean, he's a rookie. I get that. But, you know, at the same time, I, I don't see why he couldn't produce at least decent. Well, let's go to my, my rookie of the year favorite candidate, Kyler Murray. Tyler. That's your rookie of the year candidate? Oh, yeah. No. Oh, how can it not be? Tyler, give me, give me your take on, on Kyler Murray and what do you expect of him this year in Arizona as the week one starter? <laughs> Well, uh, I do expect him to be a week one starter. They have no one else there, so of course. No, they don't. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, Cliff Kingsbury chose him for a reason. He likes the air raid offense. He's come out and said <laughs> he wants to, you know, run as many plays as he can more than anyone else has. Uh, I like Kyler Murray because of that reason, but the reason I don't like Kyler Murray as the rookie of the year candidate is because he has all unproven NFL talent. The only guy he has there is Larry Fitzgerald, and Christian Kirk. And Hakeem Butler. And Hakeem Butler, but he's an unproven talent, like I was saying. David Johnson, Johnson. yeah, he's good. But, you know, Cliff Kingsbury in college never really used his running backs to their full potential. So what are you going to – what makes you think that he's going to use David Johnson? I mean, he's a great dump-off guy. I like, personally, as a dump-off guy, is Ricky Seals-Jones because Cliff Kingsbury recruited him to A&M. Kyler Murray played with him in A&M. I think they're getting the gang back together. I love Kyler Murray for, you know, well, I don't think he's going to be rookie of the year. I think it's going to be Josh Jacobs well, just because of his opportunity. If you're talking A&M receivers with Christian Kirk with A&M, so, I mean, and he's, and he's got a little bit of juice under his belt. I mean, look, for me, Kyler Murray, um, I'm not drafting him over most quarterbacks. Probably won't. Personally, I probably won't. If I'm drafting him at PPR League, I probably won't even touch him. I mean, why? Why waste your time with that? For me, it's like, look, yeah, he's, he, he was great in college. The guy had one year of experience, and he wasn't even sure whether or not he was coming in the NFL. He was about playing baseball. I mean, I understand he's a Heisman winner. I understand all those. I understand all his stats. I understand he's the number one overall pick. 
But for me, it's like he could be decent, but I'm not going to waste a pick on him when I can get another middle of the pack wide receiver or sorry quarterback. You know, he's he's smaller, which it's not really a downfall on his but his part. But there's a few small quarterbacks, but there's not a lot of them. I mean, most of your quarterbacks are over a certain height. I mean, he he also gets a lot of his plays from his legs. Now, in the NFL, that tends to be a bad thing if you rely solely on your legs. I don't particularly think he relies solely on his legs, but I think he's like 80-20 on that. For, for me, for me, I just don't see him coming out and being anything special. Rookie of the year for sure not happening, but uh, I just don't particularly think he's going to do anything special this year. And look, yeah, he's got David Johnson, which David Johnson is a phenomenal player to have. But for me, someone like Larry Fitzgerald, he knows how to get the ball. He knows how to get open. He knows how to score touchdowns. So for me, he's got good guys around him. I just don't personally think that he's going to really do much with that. Yeah. Watching Kyler Murray last year at OU, um, I had watched three – I think it's three years of Baker Mayfield. Might have only been two, but I'd watched two years of Baker Mayfield at least at OU. And uh, watching Kyler Murray was, it, as much as I hate to say it, it was special to watch to watch Kyler Murray at OU. The guy had an arm above a lot of people throwing the ball in the NFL right now. He is the quickest quarterback as far as short spaces I have ever seen with his legs. I've never seen a quarterback move as quickly and short in small spaces as Kyler Murray. Um, <laughs> there were so many plays. I thought, I thought a defender had him and he was gone. Um, he is special. He has an it factor, but so did a lot of quarterbacks who used their legs that got hurt. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's, that's my thing with Kyler Murray is Kyler Murray, as long as he is still the same level of quickness, um, still has his agility with his legs. I think he's going to be a special player who has an it factor. The second he slows down at all, I don't think he is anymore, yeah, unless he develops into a serious pocket passer. Yeah, I think he's going to be a, a – he's going to have a little bit of spark behind him. But, I mean, for me, it's like, look, why am I, why am I taking a chance on someone like him when I could get a solid starter who's been there for a while. I mean, you get yourself a Matt Ryan, you get yourself a Ben Roethlisberger. Why am I going to waste yeah, a pick? I, I agree. I'm not taking yeah. Kyler Murray over those guys. If, if, I, I mean, if he protects himself by sliding all this and all this other things that I say your RG3s never did, and that's why they're backups nowadays. Yeah, I see him as a superstar. Now, un, unfancy football-related thing here, I'm hoping and praying – I'm hoping and praying to see so much read option with him and David Johnson this year. Oh Why? my goodness! Why? Just because? Because oh, you got a Pro Bowl running back and with probably a quarterback faster than Michael Vick. Oh my goodness, that would be fun to watch. Yeah, look, the, the whole problem with Kyler Murray is the same problem with any other quarterback that comes in the league that can run the ball. Is he can run the ball, and with a rookie that can move, first option is always going to be to fail. And I mean that. That can be good for, for an, an experienced quarterback. That could be really good. But for a rookie who doesn't know what's going on, who doesn't realize that the defensive end can run faster than him, I mean, I understand you run a, you run a 40 at the combine. People are like, whoa, there's a whole different thing, football speed. I mean, Kyler Murray has football speed. But when a defensive end is running at you at football speed, he's going to get you. I'm just worried, like, why? You know, it's kind of like, why take a chance? I mean, look at the last rookie quarterback the Cardinals had, you know? 
just why take a chance on something like that when when you can trust their drafting huh (laughs) no not at all look Kyler Murray's a great guy I'm sure Uh, he's very athletic I will give him that but is he an NFL quarterback Mm, it's kind of it's kind of go for me where are we taking him are we taking him above Dak are we taking him above Trubisky are we taking him above Sam Darnold I mean what's his APP ADP is like 102 something like that I mean yeah I he's a he's a lower end quarterback for me I mean yeah I'm taking well obviously I'm taking Dak over him but I mean I'm taking a lot of guys over Kyler Murray a lot of guys you know personally yeah Dak's been a top 10 fantasy player every single year he's been in the league so I'm gonna be taking him over Kyler look it up it's it's true he's top 10 every single Dak's Dak's ranked in the 12 to 15 range that's why yeah. I was asking. Kyler Murray, in some rankings I'm looking at, is at 10. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I believe Kyler Murray could do it. He has that evasive speed like Russell Wilson. And if you watch him in college, he doesn't take those straight-on hits like RG3, Cam Newton, all these bigger guys would because they're big. So they think they can take those hits. Kyler Murray spins. He gets out of bounds. He slides. He's not a guy who's going to take hits. He's like Russell Wilson. He's going to evade. Uh, my only worry is that he's going to get hit because of that horrible offensive line that they did nothing to add to in Arizona. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I <clears throat> look for me. I, I sure he could be a good rookie quarterback. Sure, why not? But it's kind of like if you had asked me Baker Mayfield last year, you could say, "Hey, would you draft him?" Of course, I would have said, "Yeah, draft him early." Or, I mean, don't draft him above the superstars, but draft him early. He did really good. I mean. You got your Jimmy Garoppolo's coming back this year. You got Carson Wentz, who we'll see what happens. You got a lot of guys that you got Mr. Bisky that's coming up. Josh Allen's supposed to have a lot of a lot of hype around Josh Allen right now. So you got a lot of quarterbacks that you could potentially take above Kyler Murray. I understand that people are hyped on him and he is the number one overall quarterback player in the draft. Yep. Yeah. But I mean, at the same time, I'm just worried that he's not ready for this. I'm not I'm worried that he doesn't uh, I'm worried he doesn't know what's going on, and I'm not. He doesn't pull a Manziel. Yeah, he's he's probably going to pull a Manziel. Well, uh, I wanted to ask about maybe a step down from Kyler Murray uh, to a guy who might not start his first year in Dwayne Haskins. What do you guys think about Dwayne Haskins? Okay, I volunteer to go. Uh, All right. <laughs> Volunteers tribute. You shall pass. <laughs> Dwayne Haskins. It absolutely kills me that he's on the Redskins because I know how good he is. Um, oh, yeah. I, know. I know. I know. Listen, fantasy-wise, I'll get this out of the way first because this is a fantasy talk show. Case Keenum is going to start this year. Case Keenum's a good quarterback who's won playoff games, all right? Case Keenum is going to start this year. It's only going to be through injury or an absolute dumpster fire that Dwayne Haskins that gets in to the game to start. He's going to read and study. Yeah. Once he's in, though – Haskins is my favorite quarterback in the last couple of years to come out. He threw 50 touchdowns at Ohio, Ohio State, completed 70% of his passes, threw 4,800 yards, almost threw 5,000 yards in college where they only play 14 games total. And he threw deep more than any quarterback in college. Look, uh, look. I, 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 I loved watching Haskins. He's I my favorite quarterback in the last couple of years. I think Haskins is probably this year's best quarterback drafted. But we're talking fantasy, and this year is not a good time to draft him. If you're going to draft him in your fantasy league, he needs to be like your last player taken because the chances of him starting this year are pretty slim. I mean, 
Case Keenum is a viable starter who who has had, you know, good games in the past. I mean and in one year leagues, he's probably not even gonna get taken on a team and you can no. pick him up in free agency. No, if you of need course to. not. I mean, I, I'm not touching Dwayne Haskins this year. As far as the future goes, yeah, oh yeah, I'd love to have him on my team. If we're, if we're talking dynasty, yeah, pick him up, man. He's going to be a great quarterback in the future. I mean, he's got all the talent. He's got all the talent. Now, I will say, I will say, if someone like Keenum goes down in the middle of the season, then you might look at getting a Dwayne Haskins yeah. because if yeah. he's thrust into that position where he has to start, I, I fully believe that he, I, I, I like how they're they're probably not going to start him this year. I love that for a quarterback, somebody like that, but. I think he's ready to start right now. Like, he could be a year one starter. I think he is ready. I think he could do it. I like how they're making him study a little bit and learn the playbook and become a student of the game, probably. I like that approach. Um, I like Jay Gruden as a coach, too. Um, The Redskins franchise for, in my entire life, has been horrible. I I blame the owner, mostly. (laughs) But... Jay Gruden's a good coach. He's one of the better coaches they've had in a while. And I think when Haskins is ready, you should grab him like hotcakes because he yeah. is going to be good. So Haskins will start this year, but that's when that is when they're already out of the playoff hunt. So you think say, you think if their record's bad enough, they'll put him in? Oh, I think by week 13, 14, I think they're just gonna put him and see what they got. I mean, why yeah, but, but is that is that a viable is that a viable pick for fantasy? Because if they just put him in to see what he got. Is that going to be physically worth it to draft him? Well, I mean, yeah, it's a free agency type thing. You yeah, I mean, free agency. well, week 13, 14 are most people's playoffs. So, like TJ was saying, he's not a viable option in one-year leagues to draft this year. In Dynasty, where are you guys going to take him? Because I look at him as more of a end of the second, into the third round in the Dynasty rookie drafts. Well, okay, it, rookie drafts, I totally agree with you. Yeah, rookie drafts, sure, but – if we're talking full draft and dynasty, I mean, it's kind of hard to place him. There's a lot of guys before him. But, I, would, I mean, if I'm, if I'm going into the first round in a rookie draft in a dynasty league. If I'm going out for young quarterbacks right now, uh, we're just looking at the – if you're doing a dynasty league, I'm looking at the best young quarterbacks. You've got guys like Patrick Mahomes, obviously. Obviously. you got guys like uh, Baker Mayfield. you got guys like um, even Mitch Trubisky, Josh Allen. But for me, I'm taking Dwayne Haskins over quite a lot of quarterbacks. I mean, especially since – the guy is massive. He's huge. He can't move. He can't move. That's for sure. He's a statue back there. Oh, he's a walking tree. He's a walking tree, but hey, man, he can't tackle the tree. But look, if we're talking PPR, let him fall to free agency. If he doesn't make it a free agency, too bad. But let him fall to free agency if you want to pick him up and you want to see, hey, maybe he'll start middle of the season. I just think even if he starts middle of the season, fantasy point-wise, it's, it's really not going to be much for me. I will tell you who, who you can draft him over because the man's already useless as it is. Marcus Mariota, draft him over him. There you go. That's a good range. Well, Marcus Mariota is a starting quarterback, so, you know. Well, well he's also a guy who put up literally negative long. one points for me last couple of seasons. Yeah, Dwayne Haskins put up zero points last night in fantasy football. So, for me – That's that's better. For me, I'm taking a starting quarterback, so. Um, what – do you think, yeah, think Mariota's getting benched? Is that what you're saying? Oh, I don't think know. He's how, get benched if this he year? puts up another year like this, I don't know, like he did last year, I don't know how he can't. I mean, the man last year was pathetic. He's been pathetic for three years. Jacob, Jacob, some people would look at you and say you're pathetic. Do you agree with that statement? <laughs> well, if we're talking football terms, then absolutely. No, we're not talking football terms. We're talking life terms, Jacob. Life terms, uh... 
You're middle of the pack. I just can't. Well, I love you. <laughs> I, look, okay. I, look, Dwayne Haskins is. I don't really care what your opinion is, Jacoby, but he's not. He doesn't need to be drafted on your team this year. He can be free to pick up. Um, he can be a tool that you can keep for the middle of the season. Maybe if you want to get him, you can wait and see if he does start. But there's a lot of ifs. There's a lot of maybes. So for me, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not touching that. I mean, if grab you, him when. Grab him next year, though. Oh yeah, grab, grab him next, next year. year. Grab him for sure next year. I, I think. I think next year he's going to be one of the top quarterbacks. Honestly, at the end of the season. But look, I'm done talking about Dwayne Haskins. I'm not an Ohio State fan. I'm not big into him. I don't like him. How many years in a row have they won? Look, we're not talking about that. Urban Meyer's gone. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. This is what I'm really excited to talk about because I was talking to I was talking to Tyler earlier kind of about our tight end situations and who the top tight ends are. And he kind of scuffed at me when I mentioned Travis Kelsey's name. So I really want to see what that means. Look, uh-huh. we're talking top three tight ends right now. It's pretty, it's pretty obvious. Kelsey, Ertz. Uh, Kittle. It's pretty obvious those are your top three guys. Look, you got yep. you got outliers. You got a Jared Cook who did well last year. You got Eric Ebron, but honestly, those guys are so far um, removed from those top three guys. I mean, I was looking up this like the PPR stats, and and when I looked up tight ends and the points, the points per game, and then the total points for the year, I found out, I found out, and I was very surprised to find this that. Travis Kelsey was the number eight receiver in the league. Mm-hmm. Number eight yeah. receiver. He had over twelve hundred yards, and, and he was only a few points away from being like that number six position. So ten touchdowns. Yeah. Okay. Uh, good point. I'm just saying, like at that number eight position, like that was phenomenal to me because, and then you look at Kittle and Ertz, and they're you know they're they're in the top. They're basically in the top ten as well for wide receivers in the PPR. But look, if I'm if I'm being honest, there's if I'm drafting Travis Kelsey, which is what we're really going to talk about here, I am going to draft him top of the second round. I'm not – look, I'm not, I'm not going to take him in the first. Um, I mean, I, I know there's a lot of people that are saying, hey, man, you could take him first round. You could do this, that. There's too many guys that I would take over him. Um, there's too many running backs. There's, there's a couple of receivers that I would go over him. But Travis Kelsey, if you're sitting there, I feel like that 2-2, that 2-3 two, 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 that's a tough position because there's still going to be viable guys, but at the same time, you're looking at a top 10 receiver at that tight end spot. So if you have a top 10 receiver playing your tight end spot, that's phenomenal. So for me, if I'm at that 2-2, two, 2-3, two, two, maybe 2-4 if he falls to 2-4 for some reason, um, I'm, I'm picking him up. Honestly, I'm, I'm picking him up. On my board, he is my number eight. Well, actually, he's actually my number six receiver on my personal board. There's a couple guys I took out of the list, but – yeah, I mean, look, Travis Kelsey is is phenomenal, and I don't, I do not foresee him taking much of a loss. Um, Patrick Mahomes is he just won the play was it the player of the year in the ESPYS the other night, so he's a special guy. The real awards. Yeah, and, okay, John, I'm talking about the ESPYS here. That's what anyone, that's what everyone cares about. But no, for me, Patrick Mahomes is going to be just as good. I mean, statistically, he may not be as fluent, but I think he's going to be just as good as a quarterback. And Kelsey is obviously the number one target there, so. For me, I don't see why you wouldn't take Kelsey at like that that top tier second round pick, honestly. Now, I want to explain myself because you kind of came out hard on me and said I scoffed at Travis Kelsey. The reason I scoffed is because he said he would take him in the beginning of the second round. Now, let let's say that you're the twelfth pick in a twelve man team league. Your first pick, you know, say you take a running back like Nick Chubb, he's gonna be around there. 
or even James Conner. You have a great running back, and then you go and draft Travis Kelsey. Well, you don't get back until a third round. You're almost, you know, you're 20-something picks. Who do you have left at receiver and running back? You have a bunch of Dante Pettis's, DJ Moore's, a bunch of people that are unproven. I would rather take, if I'm at the end of that second or first round, I would rather take a two wide receivers or even a wide receiver running back. I would let Kelsey, Ertz, and Kittle all fall because I believe that this year the tight end position is not going to look as bad as it has in the past. Those three guys are amazing. Kittle is going to digress a little bit because, I mean, he broke every single tight end record. And Kelsey I'm worried about because he's had a billion surgeries. And Zach Ertz, he's a great player. They have Dallas Goddard. They're going to use him a little bit more. Ertz is still going to put up numbers. But I would rather punt the position on tight end and take someone like an O.J. Howard, uh, Evan Ingram, you know, guys like that, even uh, Hunter Henry or someone like that, Chris Herndon, okay. because they can put up just wow. as many points. Not just as he many points. Suspended. Sorry, sorry. Not, okay, Chris Herndon's suspended because of his stupid stuff. Okay, I would put in even a Austin Hooper, who continues to get better every year. Okay. But I would rather play So, so your, your position better. is that it's better to take a receiver because your tight ends aren't as important of a position, well, and Travis Kelsey is an exception to the rule. Here's the thing. Look, Travis Kelsey was a top 10 receiver last year. He was. So he is a top 10 receiver. He just plays at a tight end position. Now, if you wait and get yourself an Austin Hooper, I mean, what's Austin Hooper's point production? Like, I don't know, like seven, eight points a game at a PPR? I mean, as opposed to 12 points a game, where that's like the average for like um, Michael Thomas. So, I mean, it's like, why, why wouldn't I take Michael Thomas and put him at my tight end position and then go grab a DJ Moore and Dante Pettis in the later rounds? I mean, that seems like, that seems like a great plan. I mean, look, I understand the concept of letting Kelsey go, but the separation between Kelsey and the other players on that, other than the top four or five, is phenomenal. It's such a big gap. Yeah, it okay. is. But like I said, all these tight ends are getting better. The guys who are up at the top are getting a little bit older. They aren't ancient, but they're getting a little bit older. They have other players on their teams. I mean, they they aren't going to do as well as they have been doing. Okay, well, and I would rather Austin Hooper had 600 yards okay. last year. Okay, where's Austin Hooper going to end up on the receiving list? I mean, because he, he could end up – he was in the top 10 last year, which isn't anything to say. Of the top receivers? Of tight ends. I'm not talking tight ends. I'm talking I think he was receivers. number six in tight ends. I'm talking about receivers. Yeah. Okay. Kelsey was number eight in all receivers, tight ends, receivers, running backs, everyone. So Austin Hooper is like top 50, okay. maybe. Okay, so tell me this. Would you rather take Kelsey, who is going around either the end of the first round or beginning of the second round, or would you rather take an Austin Hooper, who isn't going until the 15th round? Well, Kelsey, Kelsey all day. I think I made myself clear when I said that if I was that 2-3, two, 2-4, two, 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 I would take Kelsey. Because it, de it depends on who's there. With but but the, better, the better value there is Austin Hooper. When I can get two, I could get a Michael Thomas, and I could get a Juju Smith-Schuster at that turn. Yeah, right? okay, Michael Thomas makes it out of the first round. Yeah, grab him. No, no, He's not no. making it out of the first round. Juju okay. makes it out of the first round? Okay, yeah, if Juju you're at the 12, yeah. you're going to get, get one of those top – uh, receivers because someone's probably going to draft Kelsey or someone's probably going to draft someone else especially in these home leagues look someone's going to mess up you you might have Kelsey there but I would rather take two top 10 wide receivers and be stacked at that position than take a tight end 
who puts up the most points at tight end, but I could have someone who does half the production and I can make my whole team better and pick up someone like Austin Hooper in the 15th round who does half the production of Travis Kelsey. Look, for me, I understand what you're saying, but I think, you know, you said, why take Michael, why not take Michael Thomas? Because Travis Kelsey had more points than Michael Thomas. That's why not. Michael Thomas is not making it out of the first round, but for me, look, point production alone in a PPR league, the guy averaged 12 points a game. He got 191.6 points at the end of the year. That is the number eight slot out of all receivers, out of all tight ends, out of all running backs on the receiving side of the list. So for me, he is a top 10 receiver, and his production is not really going to get worse this year. If anything, it's going to get a little bit better. So for me, yeah, I'm taking I'm taking him top of the th- look. I'm taking him top of the second round. For me, I think um, it's a phenomenal pick, and I don't see why um, you would skip on that to get a lesser receiver in the. In the- I have a question for Ty. How far? How far do you expect guys like George Kittle, Zach Ertz, and Kelsey? How far do you think they're gonna fall? They're round three. They're top round three guys. I'm, well, I'm not saying that they're gonna fall. I'm just saying I'm punting that position till later rounds so I can stack the rest of my team. It's I, I know they aren't going to come out of the off the thir- first three rounds, but I just don't want them in that first three rounds. I could find someone who, like Kittle, blew up last year. I could find someone like that in an OJ Howard oh, can, in the eighth round. Yeah, you can find you can find George Kittle. I could find someone who puts up close to those top three tight ends because the tight end position, just look at it. It's getting better and better. Mike Giusecki, uh, TJ Hawkinson, Noah Fant, all these guys are coming into the league. They're, they're going to be amazing. And the top three tight ends, other than exclude Kittle, are getting older. There's more guys coming up behind them. I would rather, especially in a dynasty league, I, w- I would take Kittle in a dynasty league. Look, Jacob, Jacob, listen. George Kittle was borderline top ten receiver last year. In the PPR, he was like 11, 12. Um, and that was all without Jimmy G, too. Yeah, exactly. So, I, look, I'm looking at someone like George Kittle, and I'm thinking to myself, look, this guy was far, far separation between the other tight ends in the league. I mean, him and Kelsey and Ertz were so far. But I'm looking at Kittle specifically, thinking to myself, all right, look, is Jimmy Garoppolo really as good as everyone thinks? Is he going to put up a lot of numbers? I mean, I don't know, man. Like, I think – I don't see why George Kittle couldn't end up being uh, a top-10 receiver this year, kind of like how Kelsey oh, Absolutely. Is. He put up 1,400 yards and six touchdowns. If that touchdown number can go up just slightly, then you're going to have that. Then you're going to have that with George Kittle. Yeah. I mean, well, I guess – okay, so, look, if you're in the draft, where are you taking him at? I mean, where, where's George Kittle coming off your board? I mean, because, you know, that's when it gets fishy. But Travis Kelsey's a pretty easy one because Travis Kelsey – aside from Tyler, is a top second-round pick. Like, that's, that's pretty universal. And, I, and there's no really argument there. But where's, where's Kittle going in this draft? Kittle, I've seen Kittle mainly behind Ertz on all the mock drafts. No, I, I know, I know. Ertz, but I'm saying, I'm Ertz saying. usually goes around the 3-4 to 3-7 range. That's where I've seen a lot. Um, so toward the middle of the third round. And then Kittle usually is one of the first picks of the fourth round. Yeah, that's but what I'm I've saying. Seen. Um, um that's a steal. Like, are you taking are you taking Ertz over Kittle? Is that what you're saying? No, I I'm not. I think uh I as I've told you many times, I don't trust Carson Wentz to stay healthy. And now they don't have Nick Foles. So when Carson Wentz dies this year at some point, they're gonna have uh 
some ghost playing quarterback and Zach Ertz's stats are going to go down and Kittle's going to pass him. Maybe they can bring McNabb back. Yeah, there you go. Maybe they'll go trade for Blake Bortles. <laughs> look, I just I look at someone like Kittle and I think to myself, um, he's a young guy with a young quarterback who showed promise. Now, again, Garoppolo, again, <laughs> he may have been a spark in the pan, but he showed promise. <laughs> um, and, you know, last year with guys like Nick Mullins, he, he made it. He made it into like the top fifteen receivers, man. He was like, yeah, he was statistically he was he was in the top fifteen with Nick Mullins. He was the only guy they were throwing to. <laughs> exactly, like they were double teaming the tight end, and he was the only one they were throwing to, and he still had that production. Yeah, I mean, they got they got talent on that San Francisco team. There's a lot of people to throw the ball to. There's there's places to go, and with Garoppolo coming back, I only see him getting better. So I mean, for me, look, I'm taking Garoppolo pretty high. I mean, I'm not Kittle. Oh yeah, Kittle. What did I say, Garoppolo? Yeah, you said Garoppolo. Yeah. You said- I'll still take Garoppolo pretty high, too. But, no, for Kittle, I'm thinking, like, you know, for me, it's it's your concept makes sense to me. I understand that you say, you know, why take the you know, a top 10 receiver when you can go get a top 37 receiver, you know? The guys I mentioned were top 10 receivers. No, they were not. You're talking Smith-Schuster and Michael Thomas. No, you're talking about going and getting Chris Herndon, who's suspended, by the way, and in Mike, Mike Gasecki. Mike Gusecki is so far removed removed from Travis Kelsey. Disgusting. You can, yeah, but you you don't even have to worry about that in more, normal drafts. You guys like Austin Hooper and Chris Herndon before he got suspended, and even David and Joku's are making it way past round twelve. Oh yeah. So yeah, no, I mean they're no look. I okay. I understand the look. There's only going to be three, maybe just two tight ends taken in the first three, four rounds. So I understand the concept. Jason Witten. Jason Witten. <laughs> Jason Witten. <laughs> look, there's only going to be – that's why we're talking about these top three because those other tight ends aren't even going to – they're going to be like the last picks in the draft. So yeah. for me, uh, what, the whole question is where are you taking these guys? I'm taking George Kittle if he's available – at the beginning of the fourth round into the third round. I, I, I'm, I'm a little more in agreement that if one of the top three or four receivers are still there in the beginning of the second round, I'm passing on Kelsey. Yeah. Um, if Odell, if Thomas, if Devontae, if Michael Thomas, if, uh, well, Hopkins, I'm not even giving him the time of day of making it to the second round. But um, if those top guys are there in the top of the second round, I'm passing on Kelsey. Um, well, you, and if that's are, you the, talking, are you talking like two, three, two, four? Or what are you talking like? Because I mean, I know I would, I would take Kelsey two, five or past. Look, I, I, yeah, okay, I, I'm kind of about that. Look, if I'm at the two, three, two, four, that's when I'm like, I don't know what to do. You start looking for him. Yeah, because yeah. I don't know what to do. I, I do know what to do. I know what I would do, and I would take Kelsey because, right. look, look. Yeah, here, it, my only thing is Odell's there a lot at two, three, and yeah, I'm but, not taking I'm not taking Kelsey over Odell. Look, I mean, yeah, but Odell again, Kelsey's going to be probably the number one tight end again this year. Um, well, probably, yeah. I think he's going to put up better numbers than he did last year. I mean, with, I mean, whenever we don't know what the suspension or whatever Tyreek Hill is going to get, I think you can expect multiple two touchdown two touchdown games from Kelsey during that suspension period with Tyreek Hill. I think you can expect a monster half of a season from Travis Kelsey. I think you could definitely take him late round one. That's yeah. how high on I'm on I'm that's how high I'm on him this year. 
yeah. with with Kittle and Ertz. I may sound biased, and yes, I'm a Cowboys fan, so call me biased. Fans that aren't existent, according to y'all. Um, <laughs> I'm taking Kittle over Ertz for one reason. That's Jimmy G. I think I think he will have better numbers. I think he could very well be a, t- a, a round two selection. That would be a reach right now, but I think you would get that paid back very well if you take if you take him with Ertz. That's definitely not a bad pick, but I agree with John. What about Carson Wentz? Can he stay healthy? Because when he's healthy, there's no doubt about it. He's well, a top quarterback in the, in the MC. I'll just say this: if Wentz is healthy, it. Ertz, Kittle, doesn't matter. They're going to put up about the same production. You're going to be happy with either one. I mean, either one's good. Well, uh, I I want to, you know, okay. So if I have to take these tight ends, of course I'm taking Kelsey first. And then for me, it's Zach Ertz because if Carson Wentz is healthy, uh, they, I mean, they got Jordan Howard, who's a great uh, pass blocker. So it'll protect Carson Wentz a little bit more. And then Kittle, though, my only question is, Jacob brought up that Jimmy G is going to be back. Kittle's numbers can only go up. Jacob, you know that Jimmy G, for the limited amount of games he's played, he loves to throw to outside wide receivers. He does not throw to tight ends very much. Even when he was with New England, he wasn't throwing to Gronk as much. He was throwing to his well, outside Also, Kittle only broke out last year. Yeah, but, but he does make a good point with Gronk on, on the Patriots. But, I mean, yeah, I think – look, I, George Kittle – did what he did with guys like Nick Mullins. Yeah, so but he's going to have production. I mean, I, George Kittle is going to get – he's going to get looks. He's going to get passes thrown to him. They're going to be best friends. They're going to have slumber parties together. They're going okay. to be right, like stop. like that. I promise you, Tyler. Okay, well, I'm, I'm not doubting George Kittle. I know he's an amazing talent. I'm just saying I don't believe he can put up the same numbers. It's It's really hard for a tight end to put up those same numbers that they did that he did last year. He broke so many records last year. And yes, he had Nick Mullins and CJ Beathard, but those guys aren't great quarterbacks. They love the checkdowns. And George Kittle's the one of the best checkdowns in the league. Hey, you watch your mouth when you're talking about CJ Beathard. CJ Beathard is worse than Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins is is a better quarterback. But anyways, I mean I I see the production in George Kittle and I think I'm around, you know, late round three, early round four. If he falls that far, I would definitely take him right there. Look, I'm grabbing, I'm grabbing Kittle over, over Ertz. But Ertz also has a, a, a very favorable situation coming into this year. I mean, I understand Carson Wentz is injury-prone, to say the least. But when he's on the field, he's, he's a phenomenal talent, fantasy-wise. So I'm, I'm, I'm all about Zach Ertz. Look, I, I think the top three tight ends will remain the top three tight ends. So if you're – if you want to take a tight end, those are definitely the top three tight ends. Yeah. Guys like Eric Ebron, they're falling. They're done. I hate that guy. Now, guys like Jack Doyle might rise. There might be some risers that come up and kind of meet those guys halfway, but those top three tight ends will remain the top three tight ends. I mean, again, Ertz and Kittle did it with in-and-out quarterbacks, you know, and if they have a quarterback like Garoppolo, like Wentz for a full season, I'll see why they couldn't do it again. You know, Kelsey's, go- Kelsey's going to do what Kelsey's going to do. And with yeah. the addition of Patrick Mahomes, it's it's going to be a bloodbath out there. But the other Ertz, Ertz and Kittle are going to continue to do what they're doing. Yeah. The uh the thing that makes Ertz number three to me is uh the thing we haven't said is Dallas Godert, the yeah. other Eagles tight end. 
he was a rookie last year and he, he looked really good. I think they're going to have two really good tight ends. And I think, I mean, there's only one football and they got, they got some weapons now over there. They got a running back. They didn't have a running back last year. Really? They got two of them. They drafted miles Sanders. Their receivers are okay. I mean, with Alshon and the crew, um, but their main receiving threats are both tight ends. They're both tight ends are their two best receivers at this point on their team. And Dallas Goddard is going to get a lot of playing time. I think that kind of leans. It doesn't take Ertz out of the top three, obviously. He's yeah. that good. But I think it kind of gives a slight edge to Kittle as the number two. Yeah, I agree with that statement. I think I think Kittle is is the clear, maybe hazy number two. I mean, you know, aside from aside from Travis Kelsey, I'm not looking at Ertz or Kittle in the top two, three rounds. I mean, I might look at him maybe deep into the third, maybe. But for me, it's more like a fourth-round pick for those guys. But, I mean, other than Kelsey, who I'm probably – yeah, if I had a 2-5 and he was a 2-5, I'm taking him at 2-5. Um, for me, it's pretty clear that I think those three guys will remain statistically where they are. I think – I think if we're, if we're going honestly, I think Kelsey will decline slightly in his stats. I just don't foresee him having the same phenomenal stats. Um, I think Kittle will incline in his stats, and I think Ertz will – I think Ertz is probably going to stay right about the same. So, for me, um, yeah, I'm going to take Kittle over over Ertz in most drafts. I mean, um, I guess you could go with the other strategy and just and just skip on the tight ends altogether and get them late in the round, which you could. You could I've get, done that before. Could, yeah, I do it all the time. You get yourself a Damon Ajoku, that is a phenomenal talent there at the, at the back end of the draft. You know, or an Austin Hooper, great talent at the back end of the draft. I'm just saying the separation between an Austin Hooper – and a Travis Kelsey is far spread. I mean, you're talking about a number one receiver being Travis Kelsey, and then that number that number five slot is like the number 30th receiver. That's how far the spread is, you know. So for me, I think I think Kelsey is a, a is a good talent, a phenomenal talent, second round talent. So I concur. I concur as well. Well, I fellas, all around. Is uh, any closing statements from anyone? Jacob, you got something wise to tell us? Put the ball. Oh, okay. okay. So that's a no. That's a no. Um, <laughs> Jonathan, anything from you? Um, let's see. What have okay. I seen? What have I seen? That's a no from you. Tyler, anything from you? Mm. Uh, I would say there's nothing from me. Okay. Well, okay. Please subscribe. Go yeah. to the channel. That's, that's yes. good. Yeah, definitely subscribe. Watch our videos. Listen to our podcast. We're going to be uh, doing a, um, some social media. Pretty soon we're going to get an Instagram and a Twitter. Uh, let you know when our videos come out. Uh, give you snip, little snippets of videos, and we'll be sending stuff out very soon. So I hope you subscribe, so like we, the video. We will have new episodes every Saturday of punt of no punt intended. Please get the name right when yes, you're telling you. Yes, thank you. Punt the ball and no punt intended. I always get that confused. I'm I'm on the show. It's, it's no punt so, intended. Thank and if you. you watch us next week, you're going to watch Jacob, which is the one in the flannel, get a tattoo on his forehead. So please watch us next week. Subscribe. going to say no regrets. <laughs> no regrets. Okay. Well, fellas, good talk. Good football talk. And uh, this is TJ signing out for No Punt Intended. See you next week. Bye, guys. See you, Goose.